You are listening to Life Clips, episode 36. All right, we are making some serious good progress right now. Aren't you impressed? I mean, we did have to sit in places for a little bit just because of what we would be talking about. And I knew that I wouldn't um, sit in each chapter for every podcast. Um, <clears throat> but I did want to up it to two days a week. We'll go back down to our normal Fridays. Don't worry. Um, just so we can do what we need to do and then move on. So anyway, she is now ready to uh, dissect Revelation chapter seven. And for those who don't know what Revelation chapter seven is regarding, it is regarding, and again, um, these are called parenthetical insertions, which means there's like a pause in the action as Dr. Andy so eloquently put that. So there's um, a few times that this happens in Revelation, and all it's doing is just kind of giving us an insight of what's happening. So this has already happened. It's been talked about, but that's what these parenthetical insertions are. And so now we're describing the 144,000. So even in Ryrie's study Bible, he calls it an interlude. So it's not part of the chronological order. It's basically a stop. Let's dissect, and now let's carry on. So this is one, and this is uh, regarding the redeemed, um, the 144,000. So basically, the Bible is very clear who they are. We're not going to read all of that, but it says there are 12,000 from each tribe of um, Israel, which brings you a total of 144,000. So um, in her uh, assessment and her lack of Bible, Bible knowledge and teaching, she said this is chapter nine. It's called knighthood. So these 144 are knighted. Uh, she also dissects about the, uh, the, the, the angels. She just butchered, but butchers a lot. So, it, um, okay. So she says, uh, and I quote on to revelation chapter seven. The first thing we see is four angels standing on the four corners of the earth. And that's what it says, right? So in verse one, it says, and after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind would not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, not on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal, which she doesn't believe that's an actual seal. Remember, the mark is not the mark in either instance, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. So right now what they're doing, they're not affecting humanity, right? The first half of the tribulation is really the earth's just being decimated by war, no food, uh, people are dying, but the, the actual angels, right? The demonic activity is not technically harming anyone yet this all happens in the second half of the tribulation so verse three says saying so okay let me back up so this makes sense to you okay so verse one after these things i saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth okay so the corners of the earth are holding the winds back that the wind should not blow on the earth nor the sea nor on any tree so this is also um, very relevant to also the two witnesses, right? Where the wind, nor will it rain. 
And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. So here's this angel with the seal of God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth. So he's crying now. That angel is now crying to these four angels, the four angels that were given power to hurt the earth. And this angel is saying to those four angels, don't hurt the earth neither the sea nor the trees, until we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So picture, just to make it clear, you've got these angels holding back the winds, right, in the four corners of the earth. Then their job is to hurt the earth and the sea. And then you have this other angel flying, saying, hey, to the four angels, listen, y'all, don't be doing nothing, okay, because I've got the seal of God in my hand. And until I put the seal in the forehead of 144,000 Jews, you just need to hold on. That's Kim's paraphrase of what that means. And I heard a number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. I'm talking loud for emphasis because we're going to get into this. And then he goes through all the 12 tribes and the 12,000, right? So of the tribe of Judah were 12,000, blah, 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 blah. Oh, but that's not what sweet Melissa thinks it is. So she also says here, why are these angels standing there holding back the winds of the earth? Second Thessalonians 2.8 gives us a clue. And you know what is holding him back? See how you just can pull a scripture verse out? For he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. She is literally talking about the Holy Spirit will be pushed out of the way when the Antichrist comes on the scene. So after the rapture, and Pastor Andy also goes into that, about the apostasy is not a falling away, but it's actually the rapture. And I firmly believe that that is 100% truth, by the way. So she's, again, quoting a passage and she has no idea that literally it's truth on paper in front of her this is a good one and i quote she says the four angels have been holding back these secrets for thousands of years what then when it is time the angels blew the truth into us all right i'm gonna skip a little bit here because she kind of goes really crazy and off the deep end I was just going to see if anything was really important that you guys needed to know. And, and, and no, it, she's just so bad. Uh, quote, she says, the seal is our armor that equips and protects us moment by moment as we fight this battle. So again, they're inserting themselves into the Israel's timeline and agenda. And this is where she just lost me. Not because I didn't understand her, but because... We just need to pray for her salvation, guys. That's all I have to say. I, again, I really wish that she would reach out and we can have a conversation because she needs Jesus. She certainly needs Jesus. And that is why the very first episode that I brought this up with New Age, anyone can believe, right? She believes in Jesus. Clearly, she believes in Jesus. She ain't going to heaven, though. Hey, listen, I'm not God. I'm not the judge. But clearly reading this book and listening to her videos, she's not a born again believer. So she continues with the heretical blaspheme teaching when it comes to the Jews. She says, and I quote, true Israelites in heart. She's talking about the 144. Some from the lost tribes of Israel, some who've been adopted into God's family. No, the Bible is very clear. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And there were sealed 
144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. That's why I'm reading it with emphasis. So no, Melissa, again, you're wrong. So she says, either way, they are all Abraham's seed in their hearts without regard to their national nationality or creed. So then she goes on with more heretical teaching. She says, and I quote, these servants of God have been chosen to fight on the front lines in this great battle of Armageddon, good versus evil. And I continue and I quote, the 12,000 times 12 equals 144,000. It's not about an exact number. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. I don't know what version you're reading, girl, but that's 144,000 written right there. But it's a perfect number. Here she is again with her biblical numerology. And then she goes on about uh, Dan and Ephraim not being mentioned, and she wants to put her thoughts about that. We'll just go ahead and leave that to the real Bible teachers. That basically is um, what she goes into for a few pages there. And uh, I want to do this real quick because this is um, how her crazy brain works. So she here will dissect Matthew 24 for us. And she says, and I quote, thankfully, these days of tribulation are being shortened by the great awakening and the dismantling of the new world order beast and false prophet. So she starts with Matthew chapter 24. She doesn't really dissect, um, she doesn't insert, I should say, herself from verses 23 through 26. So let's pick it up at verse 27 like she does here. And she says, uh, and this is what it says in the Bible. You know what? I, again, I just get nervous reading her. So let me let me go there myself to Matthew 24. And I, I do that because, you know, it's kind of like Jehovah Witnesses. They use their own Bible. So if you're reading what they have, that's why if you ever minister with a Jehovah Witness, always say, hey, let's use my Bible because they use the New World Translation and uh, they've translated it to fit their cult. So anyway, Matthew 24. So let's pick it up in verse 27. So what does she go through? Through 34. So let me read that real quick, if you don't mind. So because I want to keep this in context. You know, I told you there'd be a lot of Bible. So Matthew 24, starting at verse 27 through, she reads, what did I say? Through 34. So she says, for as lightning, or the Bible says, for, and again, I'm reading King James, for as the lightning cometh out of the east, and I think at that moment you would have realized what I was reading from, and shineth unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 27 is talking about the second coming of Christ not the rapture, right? You don't have all of that in a rapture passage. For whosoever the carcass, sorry, for whosoever, verse 28, for whosoever the carcass is, there will be, there will the eagles be gathered together. So that's also describing the quick battle of Armageddon where the vultures will gorge on the dead bodies. Verse 29 Immediately after the tribulation of those days, immediately after the tribulation of what days? The tribulation period. Shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. So remember, the moon gets its light from the sun and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. 
And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. That is not like a sign, like a zodiac sign. That is Jesus, right? The sign of Jesus, like, oh my gosh, that's Christ. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. So clearly, clearly, right, the people who joined the Antichrist army to go battle in the battle of Armageddon are gone. They're dead, right? And then Christ takes the false prophet and also the Antichrist and he tosses them alive into the lake of fire. So there will be people, unbelieving people, still on earth. And there will also be tribulation saints on earth. So you're going to have two groups of people still on earth who lived through the tribulation, which is a miracle in itself. Every eye that is on the earth at that time, which according to Revelation is not a lot, they will see him and they will mourn. Because in that moment, Melissa, if you don't get your facts straight, that's going to be you. And you're going to be like, that crazy girl, as I said before on this podcast, was correct. And they shall see the Son of God coming in the clouds in heaven with power and great glory. So again, the rapture nobody sees in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. There you go. That fast, right? But not so much with the second coming. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. That right there, verses 29 through 31, is describing the second coming of Christ. No other way to dissect that passage. That's all it's referring to. In verse 32, why she pulls these first two verses is because she has to make up her own lie and whatever. So because verse 32 through 35 is the illustration of the fig tree. The fig tree is <clears throat> Israel coming to life, which is also parallel to Ezekiel 37. So verse 32, now learn a parable of the fig tree when its branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves. Ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise, ye, when ye shall see all of these things, know that it is near even at the door. So what is he talking about there? When you see all of these things with the tribulation. So when you're seeing these things, you know that Christ is at the door. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. I'll read verse 35 so I can keep it in context. Heaven and earth shall pass away because it will. New heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. But my words shall not pass away. Then to keep uh, Matthew 24 in context, then from verse 36 <clears throat> until um, verse 39, he talks about as in the days of Noah. It's a description. It's kind of a parallel of what it will look like. And then what she mentioned before about the two people, then two will be taken, two will be left right in the field. What does this wonderful fancy face have to say? Verse 27. So see how she does this, and that's how I'm going to read it. That's inserting yourself, eisegesis, I, eisegesis. You need to exegete the word of God, not isa, exa. For us, do you mind if I take a sip? Thanks. Appreciate it. I love this water. It's like my favorite. Aha, aha. Um, This one in the San Pellegrino is really good. Anyway, so she says, verse 27, for as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. She says, verse 27, this would be very obvious to everyone on earth. Okay. Uh, verse 28, 
for whoever, uh, where, for wheresoever the carcass is, there will be eagles be gathered together. So she says, look for judgment falling on the cabal and eagle warriors gather to fight them. This is a sure sign. That's what she says. Yeah. Verse 29. Oh, she gets better. Immediately after tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened. That's chemtrails. Yeah. Chemtrails. Mm -hmm. And the moon shall not give her light blood moons and the stars shall fall from heaven the famous will be exposed and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken the new world order beasts power broken what are you talking about and then shall appear the son of man in heaven so then she puts in parentheses revelation 12 star sign 9 2017 and that was the scotty clark Boom, right? When he had his 15 minutes of fame. <clears throat> He's kind of silent now. I think he changed his name to Scott Clark because clearly you can't find him like that. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. And she bolded that because you remember her idea of a cloud. Of heaven with power and great glory. And she says, some on earth are mourning their loss of their power. Some on earth are mourning as we struggle in this ferocious battle. The clouds symbolize Christ's coming in great power, not physical clouds. Yeah, that's what it says here. I'm sorry. I, I must have missed that. Yep. I, I don't know why I didn't do that. It says, and then shall appear the sign of the son, son of man in the heavens, and everyone's going to mourn. It's a fake cloud. Yeah. It, it's right there. I, I mean, right there in black and white. Must have missed it a gazillion times. Verse 31, and he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather. I'm reading fast because I just read all this. Gather together his elect from the four winds from one in heaven of the earth, da 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 da, to the other. This, of course, of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Great awakening and Q patriots gathered worldwide. <sighs> Let's take a quick break. Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do, or you're already doing it, I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. I currently use the Blue Yeti. Buzzsprout is an extremely user-friendly platform, and I could not be happier with their services. There are so many things that this site allows you to do. From your show being listed on every major podcast platform to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites to the detailed analytics of what we, come on guys, the podcasters want to see. Don't lie. I know you look at that too. We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening. There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over 100,000 podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today.
she didn't comment on verse 32. And she commented on uh, verse 33. And she said, so likewise, you, when you shall see all of these things, know that is at, uh, near that is at the, even at the doors. And she says, it's imminent worldwide liberation. You guys seeing a pattern here of why I'm doing this? Like, it's not here to pick on this girl. It's to expose a biblical error and how they need to stop mentioning Christ and talking about the Bible. Again, be a patriot. Love Trump. Do whatever you want to do. Be obsessed with him and JFK Jr. I don't care. But keep Jesus out of your mouth, please. Verse 34, verily I say unto you, this generation, and then she gives <clears throat> biblical numerology, age of 2,000 years. So now she knows. I mean, the debate about a generation has been, right? Is it 80, 90, 100 years, 70 years, 60, 40? Shall not pass to all of these things be fulfilled. So then we're going to end this chapter here, and I'll end this video. She says, the tribulation is our struggle against the dark forces of the beast, new world order. Satan has come down in great wrath, knowing he has very little time. He is throwing everything he's got at us. As Revelation 12 talks about the dragon going to war with the woman who gave birth to the child. Let's do that. Okay, because Revelation 12 is one of those books that people have butchered because of their biblical numerology and their lives. So we'll break it down. It's simple. It's quick. It doesn't take too long. So it says, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. Okay, the woman is Israel, clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. Doesn't that sound a lot like Joseph in his dream? And upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. That would be the 12 nations of Israel. So again, tribes, sorry, the 12 tribes. So the woman is Israel, the stars of the tribes. And she being with child, who's the child? Jesus cried, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold, a great red dragon, that's Satan, having seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns upon his head. Sounds a lot like the description of the Antichrist, does it not? And the reason we're hearing about this in Revelation is because currently, like literally current day right now in 2020 on October, whatever day we're on, the 20th, Satan literally can still go to heaven. He still has access to God's throne. And we read about that. Because what does he do? He accuses us before God. He's the accuser of the brethren. So currently, this day, he's got access. But all of that will come to an end. Revelation 12 is describing what I firmly believe is when he is cast down to earth, finally, with no more access to heaven, and he incarnates the Antichrist. And that's why they describe him in the way that they do. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast in the earth. That's what they say that... When the devil fell, he took a third of the angels with him. And no one really knows the amount of angels, the actual number of angels. It says myriads and myriads. So no one really knows the actual number. So Satan takes, you know, that's why there's spiritual battle. Remember, I, I showed this a couple of podcasts ago, right? Because we have spiritual battle in the heavenly realms. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of the heaven. They're not actual stars. It's angels. And did cast them to the earth. The earth is the devil's domain. The prince of the power of the air. It's the devil's domain. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered. So here's the devil now standing with Israel, ready to devour Israel for her child as soon as it was born. That's the birth of Jesus. Why do you think King, was it Herod, I believe? The decree was set out 
the Satan possessed that man to have a decree to kill every male baby under the age of two years old. He didn't want the promise. Like that's the thing with the devil. He has to stop the promise that God has towards Israel because the devil is not all knowing. So in his mind, he's like, hey, I got to stop this plan and agenda. I'm going to do what I can do. Dude, you're an angel. You're not God. You're an angel. You're a created being. And she brought forth a man child. Same child we've been talking about is Jesus, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up. Is that another rapture? Oh my gosh, another rapture in the book of Revelation. And to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God. So now... You following me here, right? So now Israel, as we read before, that she says, no, Israel is being saved into the wilderness because now the Antichrist, the devil, is after Israel. He wants to decimate Israel, which we all know does not happen. <sighs> okay, so a place prepared of God. So God is preparing them a place that they should feed her a thousand two hundred and three score days. That's one thousand two hundred and sixty days. That's what that number is. That's three and a half years. Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought with his angels and prevailed not. He didn't win. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. So they are now permanently kicked out of heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. It's telling you right now in verse 9 who exactly the dragon is. So the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And then it goes on from there. That's not really complicated at all. It's what you're adding into it that makes it complicated. As she says, that is not what we're reading. So he's throwing everything at us. He's got, as Revelation 12 talks about the dragon going to war with the woman who gave birth to the child, Christ's kingdom. No, the child is Jesus. The deceived hear the rumblings, but they aren't fighting in the battle because they don't know who the beast is. The enemy wants to keep them asleep. Wow. And then she starts with just some more stupidity. We've got to defeat these creeps. Okay, go fight them. Go fight them, Melissa. Red pill the world. Go get them, girl. Go get them. She talks about the evil horsemen. And here we go. The 144,000 are those knights, elite forces, seals, warriors who were chosen to fight in the battle of good versus evil called Armageddon. And little does she know, the 144,000, according to scripture, if you read it in context, I think they kind of die because they're in heaven. And of course, the great multitude are those who have been victorious over evil, refusing to be traitors or participate in satanic rituals to harm the innocent. And then she ends this chapter by saying, and I quote, now it's time to wake up humanity. No, now it's time for life clips to wake up the people who are following Q. What is better to use than a trumpet blast? Ooh, cliffhanger. And then we'll finish. Well, not the book, but then we'll go into um, the next chapter, and it, it should be a grand old time. And I think from there, we will just be moving at the speed of light, literally, because like I said, a huge portion of this book, a huge portion is all numerology. And yeah, no, I'm not even wasting my time on that. Um, see what I mean? Oh, it's all a bunch of this junk. I, no, <laughs> that ain't happening on my watch. So that's it. 
Um, let's uh, dive into some videos, as I said I would do, and uh, that way we can keep it all in perspective. So anyway, guys, listen, be blessed. Bye. We've been having the age of the Pisces, the fish, right? And so we've been going out fishers of, fishers of men, right? So we're now entering into a new age. It's the age of Aquarius, just like that song, right? This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, right? So the, uh, the age of Aquarius is a picture of a water pot and then pouring out the uh, refreshing water, right? And it's a, it's a pouring out of God's spirit on all flesh. And this is what in the, my video about Joel, I talk about that he, what he is doing, he's pouring out his spirit on all flesh in our day. And so we're all being, having this awakening. This is not because I'm smarter than anybody else or you are too. It's not about that. It's about God's spirit. And he has come and he's awakened us, right? I'm going to talk about that. Not a single person will survive, but it will, will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. Okay. So I know I'm going fast, but the, this is talking about this specific thing that was going to happen in AD 70. Okay. So, um, yes, have things been bad at this time? Uh, no doubt. And, and even Daniel said when sin is at its height, but he is answering a specific question right here. So I don't want you to think that this is a, uh, about what's going to happen in the future. That's not because you know what's so great. We are kicking the beast out. We are kicking, we're killing Goliath. We're getting rid of them. This kingdom is coming and the, and there's no turning it back. Okay. Yes, we're in the battle. Yes, we're in the throes of Armageddon, but this is, this is, uh, they're not going to win. We're not running away. We're not evacuating. We are going to stay here, stand here and fight and we're going to see the salvation of the Lord. We just are. Okay. So now the next thing is, um, all right, so that was about the temple. Um, he's going to answer the next question because he's saying, what will be your the sign of your return? Okay, he says, if anyone tells you, look, here's the Messiah or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So if someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out in the desert, don't go don't bother to go and look or look, he's hiding here. Don't believe it. For as the lightning flashes in the east and shines in the west, so it will be when the son of man comes. Okay. So these guys, they love him. They love Jesus. They do not want him to leave. And they were, when he left, they literally looking up in the clouds. They're like, and the angel said, why are you standing here? He's, he's gone. He's coming back, but he's, he's not coming right away. <laughs> and so you guys have a job to do. So go back, you know, and get, get busy. Please pay very close attention to what she says here. And she's literally again describing herself. She wants something so bad to be true that she's believing this ridiculous lie that the devil has fed her. So, you know, they wanted him to come back. And so they were, you're, you know, when you want something really bad, you're, you tend to, you can fall for anything. You want something really bad, you're, you tend to, you can fall for anything. You want something really bad, you're you tended. You can fall for anything. You want something really bad, you're you tended. You can fall for anything. Okay. You can fall for something that's not true. So he was saying, look, don't believe them because it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be huge. Uh when lightning, like lightning that flashes from the east to the west, just zing, you will not be able to miss it. You will not miss it when the Son of Man comes back. It's going to be obvious that that things are big, big things. Big and this is why, mark my words, people who follow Melissa red pill the world. They will think that the Antichrist is, and I mean 
is the Messiah. That is how the Antichrist will come in. And this is why we're doing this podcast. The devil is deceiving all of these people into a false light. And they will believe the Antichrist is Jesus Christ. And they will be deceived. And unfortunately, God will give them over to that strong delusion. All right. So just as the gathering of vultures shows, there's a carcass nearby. So these signs indicate the end is near. So I'm wondering, you know, in, in... Revelation chapter 19, it talks about when he comes back, that there's that there's like the vultures and they come and they eat the flesh of these people. And that's so gross, but it's 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 they're being destroyed is the point. They're being destroyed. Even there's a sign in the heavens. I think it's called Corcus. It's right underneath them. Um, uh, Virgo right underneath. There's a, and there, there's a giant snake. And so the 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 the. the bird is eating the flesh of this serpent okay and that's like gross to me but still it's good because they're being destroyed they're being gobbled up they're being out of here right so anyway jesus told them don't let anyone mislead you for many will come in my name claiming i'm the messiah they will deceive many and you will hear of wars and threats of wars but don't panic yes these things must take place but the end won't follow immediately nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom there will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world but this is only the first of the birth pains with many more to follow i love how it talks about the the birth pain it reminds me of that revelation 12 sign right because it's a it's so many times it's about a birth we're trying to birth this kingdom we're trying to get this baby born right anybody who's a, a mom who's been in labor you know what i'm talking about you're like oh come on anyway uh guys you'll never know anyway then you will be arrested and persecuted and killed you'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other and many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold so you see the progression it's just you know the the love has grown cold and so kind of i think that's where we are now but the one who endures to the end will be saved and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come okay so let me let me um let me back up the good news about the kingdom it is the king him being the king of the kingdom that's the kind of kingdom i want to be a part of right and where it's a kingdom of peace and love and and no more of this satanic stuff and uh stealing and iran deals and nuclear just uh uh anyway so and uh it'll be preached throughout the whole world so that has happened it has just recently been completed where we have been able to reach the entire world uh because of the ability to travel because of the ability for uh, communications because of the internet um and the missionaries have taken up the slack in those areas where we don't have the internet and so this has been accomplished not to say that every man woman and child is a is a believer but it says the good news will be preached okay the gospel has been preached to all uh so that all nations will hear it everyone in the in, in the, every nation has heard of the love of Christ and how to receive uh, forgiveness. So if you don't know, I want you to know that you, anyone, 
anyone, doesn't matter who they are, what, what we've done, we can receive forgiveness by faith in Christ. His blood can wash away our sins. And by faith in him, we're totally forgiven. God looks at us as if we never did even one thing wrong, not even a thought. And our, we're, we're totally spotless in his sight. And that's why we, we hold, if, if you don't know why we hold on to Jesus, that's why. Because nothing that we can do can wash away sin. I, making t a thousand videos isn't going to do it. Uh, forget spending a lot of money helping some, no, it, none of that's going to do it but the blood of christ can wash away sin so the day is coming okay so that was the end of the summary okay so he's given that summary now he starts in he's going to answer that first question what was the first question it was about when will the temple be destroyed he says okay the day is coming when you will see what daniel the prophet spoke about the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place okay so now he's going in and he says Daniel prophesied about this, okay? So you guys may not be terribly familiar with that, but okay, I'm going to do one quick thing. I'm going to change to the King James Version because I'm going to use these weird words, but it's 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 important that we know some weird words sometimes, right? He says, when uh, this is chapter 24 of Matthew, verse 15, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in, stand in the holy place. Whosoever reads, let him understand. So in other words, don't pass this by. Understand that we're talking about a prophecy that's being fulfilled that Daniel saw at that point. It was like 600 years before. So now 2,600 years ago. So he had seen this and it was going to be fulfilled. Okay. Jesus is saying this. Okay. So he's saying, look, this, this is the, the destruction of the temple. Um, all right. So, um, abomination let's not pass by that word abomination is anything that is offends the lord anything god is holy angels surround his throne 24 7 not that there's a clock in heaven but they're always around his throne covering their eyes their feet and two they've got six wings they're flying and they say holy 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 lord god almighty who was and is and is to come this is in isaiah i think it's chapter six it's it's just he's holy and the angels are just, they can't even look upon him. He's so holy. And so to do something, when he has said clearly in his word not to do something, and someone says, ah, well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. That is from the demons. That is from a demonic influence. That is. And here we go again, right? She literally is talking about herself. God is telling you, Melissa, what you're doing, you should not be doing. You know, and again, there's parts to this woman where she knows God's word. And Romans 1 is very, very clear. The Bible is riddled with people like her. The Pharisees and the Sadducees come to mind. They were religious people who knew those scriptures, but yet they could not see that that was Jesus at the time of visitation. So again, this is my point. Melissa knows the Bible, or so she thinks, but she doesn't really believe in the Word of God or the Jesus of the Bible, because if she actually believed what's coming out of her mouth, she would not be making these videos. She wouldn't. And here she is again, literally talking about herself. It's never-ending, guys. Pharisees, Sadducees, take the plank out of your own eye, right? That plank is really far embedded in her eyeballs right now and this woman can't see or hear the truth to save her life and i mean that in the eternal sense before we go off and read something or someone pulls something out of context and and starts off on some goose chase for some rabbit trail that gets us freaked out we have to understand what, what are the questions that are being answered all right everyone here is our favorite go-to pastor um dr andy woods 
And we're going to just dive into some of his messages here. And uh, then we will wrap up this week's podcast. As always, you can find Dr. Andy on Facebook at Dr. Andy Woods, and then also on YouTube at Andy Woods. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. I mean, these judgments are of such a severe uh, and epic proportions. Is there anything good taking place in this terrible time period? Can anybody stand? And the answer is found in chapter 7, where you start to see the bright spot amidst the darkness where there is a group of people that are standing for God as they are sealed by his Holy Spirit. And here is where we start getting a treatment of the future 144,000 Jewish or Hebrew evangelists. Now, I haven't had a lot of time to talk about this, but in the book of Revelation, there are three sets of judgments. Seal judgments, most of which we've studied, one seal left, trumpet judgments, and the bowl judgments. And when we get to the seventh seal in chapter 8, I'm going to be making the case that these judgments are not, uh, what's the word I used here? Recapitulating. In other words, they're not concurrent. They're not all happening at the same time. They don't overlap. But rather, what happens is the seventh seal will unleash the trumpets. The seventh trumpet will unleash the bulls. And so they sort of pull out sort of like a telescope. It's sort of the telescoping view of these judgments. We'll say more about that when we get to Revelation chapter 8. And generally speaking, the content in the book of Revelation, in this futuristic vision that John is seeing, the content flows chronologically. However, there are five times where the chronology stops. And the lunch breaks are all related to something that has already happened or is about to happen in the sequence. It's not irrelevant data. It's not random data just thrown at you. It's designed by the Holy Spirit to give further clarification to something you just read. For example, we are in Revelation 7, which is our first lunch break, and it says, who can stand? So now there's a stop in the chronology where we learn who it is that's standing, the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. Once that discussion or part of the vision is over, then the chronology will continue on. And this will happen in the book of Revelation five times. This is why a lot of people uh, are confused about the book of Revelation. They don't know how to put, put everything in sequence and in order. And the reason they don't know how is no one has ever taught them that it's generally chronological except for five times the chronology stops. I can say categorically this, based on Revelation 7, that there is coming upon the earth before the Lord returns the greatest spiritual awakening the world has ever seen. The greatest time for evangelism and the harvest of souls is yet future. And that's really what Revelation 7 is talking about. Now, verses 1 through 8 are the instruments of the awakening, the 144,000. And verses 9 through 17 is a description of the awakening itself. And if we're fortunate, as God gives us grace today, we may make it through Roman numeral one, the instrument. I mean, who exactly is it that God is going to use to bring the greatest harvest of souls that we've ever seen in world history to our world? The instruments that he will use are described there in Revelation 7 and verses 1 
through 8. So you'll notice, first of all, verses 1 through 3, their ceiling. Notice, if you will, verse 1. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, so that no wind would blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. Now, you'll notice this expression, after this. After this, when it's accompanied by a verb of perception, like I saw and I heard, it's not making a statement that chapter 7 is going to follow the information in chapter 6. Whenever meta tauta after this in the book of Revelation is followed by a verb of perception, I saw and I heard, it's not saying here's what's going to come after seal judgment number 6. What it's saying is this is the next thing John saw. This is the next thing God saw fit to disclose to John. Now, sometimes when after this is used, it's referring to the next thing that's coming, but not when it's accompanied with a verb of perception, I saw and I heard. This is something that's being taken out of order, as I'll be showing you. After this is not following necessarily the sixth seal judgment. It's just the next thing that John saw. It's your first if you will, lunch break, taking information from the beginning and taking us all the way to the end. You see that there in Revelation chapter 7. That's what he means by after this. Now, look at this here. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth. Uh-oh, so the earth has four corners, right? We have a problem today because uh, I, when I first learned of this, I thought it was a gag or a joke. I learned it's a real phenomenon that there are people all over this world that claim to be Bible readers and Bible believers and want to honor the authority of the Scripture that are now teaching that the Bible says the earth is flat. Have you heard of this movement? And such people have never learned the distinction between plain language and figurative language. The reality of the situation is this is how language functions. You can make a statement in one breath that's literal, and you can make a statement in another breath that's figurative. For example, this morning, my wife says to me, how did you sleep last night? And I said, great. I slept until 8 a.m. and I slept like a log. And she doesn't say to me, well, what do you mean by 8 a.m.? No, she understands exactly what I mean by 8 a.m. She assigns a literal understanding to the words 8 a.m., when I say I slept like a log, she doesn't say, well, gee whiz, I know our last name is Woods, so maybe you turned into a piece of wood in the middle of the night. No, she would understand that as a simile or a figurative expression, and what gives it away is the word what? Like makes it a simile. The Bible does this all the time. But you'll notice also, it talks about after this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the winds of the earth so that no wind could blow on the earth or on the sea or any tree. Now, what does that mean? Take a look down at verse 2. And I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having a seal of the living God, and he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea. So one angel who's holding a seal. Now, why is he holding a seal? That's very important because there's 144,000 Hebrews that are about to be sealed by the living God. And he's crying out to the other angels 
who are given the responsibility to, to come and destroy the earth via the events of the tribulation to wait just a moment. Before there's any physical destruction or harm to the planet, hold everything back because God wants to do something first. There are many verses that talk about this temporary peace that the Antichrist will bring in. Daniel 9.27 talks about it. That's just what gives peace to Israel. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 3 says, while they are saying what? Peace and safety. Then destruction comes. That can't happen unless peace and safety occurs first. Ezekiel 38 verse 8 and verse 11 talks about an invasion of Israel, I believe, during this time period, while the nation is dwelling in security without walls. Revelation 6 verse 2 describes this Antichrist that's coming as the rider on the white horse with a bow. It was given to him to conquer. And when the second seal is opened, war breaks out and peace is taken from the earth. You can't have peace taken from the earth until peace is first established on the earth. A, a false peace, a pseudo peace, something that happens very early on in the tribulation period. And I think that's sort of a hint as to the timing of the sealing of these 144,000. Before seal judgment number two comes, these 144,000 are sealed by God. What is a seal? A seal or being sealed by God is his mark of ownership on a person. By the way, according to Ephesians 1 verse 13, you have that seal as well as a Christian. It talks about our salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him in the Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 4 verse 30 tells the church age believer, do not grieve the spirit of God by whom you were sealed from the day of, for the day of redemption. This is one of the reasons I don't think a believer once in Christ can lose their salvation because that seal is a permanent spiritual mark upon the Christian. It's interesting to me how Satan imitates the things that God does. When we get into Revelation 13, 16 through 18, we learn about a satanic system that will similarly give people a mark, preventing them from participating in the one world economy of that time. Revelation 14, 9 through 11 talks about the same thing, as does Revelation 20 and verse 4. When we trust Christ, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And these 144,000, I would understand it, as suddenly they come to an awareness that their Messiah, Jesus Christ, whom their nation has been in rejection for, for over 2,000 years, it suddenly dawns on them that Jesus is their Messiah. Hebrew Bible or Old Testament points to Jesus Christ. They hear, they read, they understand, they believe the gospel, and 144,000 of them are converted. And yet, what are they called in Revelation 14, verse 4? First fruits of greater things to come. What was first fruits? First fruits was the initial crop or harvest that came in in Old Testament times, giving confidence that a greater harvest or crop is certain and right around the corner. You see, these 144,000 are called the first fruits because they are the initial converts that God is going to use in this darkest time of history to evangelize the entire world, hence the title First Fruits. And I believe that God will move very fast once the rapture of the church takes place to seal these 
144,000. Why is that? It relates to the character of God and the nature of God. God does not leave the earth ever without a witness of himself. The church through the pre-tribulational rapture will have been removed from the earth and God very fast moves into the conversion of the instruments that he will use for worldwide evangelization, these 144,000 Jewish evangelists. God does this because he never leaves the earth as wicked as it is without a witness of himself. And you'll notice what it says. These 144,000 are called bondservants. The Greek word for bondservant there is doulos. It basically means a slave. And that, uh, in, this, in essence, is what a disciple of Jesus Christ is. We're not here to do our own thing. We're not here to formulate our own ideas. We're not here to pursue our own agenda. We're not here to pursue our own program. We're here to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ as Christians and walk out the life of discipleship where we become a doulos, a Bondservant. And so we have their sealing, verses 1 through 3, and then we have their number given, verse 4. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the First Baptist Church of... No, it doesn't say that. From every tribe of the sons of what? Israel. Now people say, well, gee whiz, 144,000. I mean, is that a literal number? I mean, you just told us that the earth is not flat. We don't have four corners. That's a figure of speech. So obviously, 144,000 must be sort of a symbolic number, right? Allegorical. The problem is when John wants to be loose with numbers, he's very good at it. If you look down at verse 9, it says, After these things, I looked and behold a great multitude. This is another group now, which no one could count. See that? Group two, no one could count. Group one, 144,000. If John wanted to say it's about 144,000, he could have said that, couldn't he? In fact, in the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, verse 41, there were 3,000 people converted. Is that a literal 3,000? Could it be 3,002? Yes, because it says there were added about, Acts 2, 41, 3,000 souls. Do you see the words about here in Revelation 7, verse 4? Not at all. 144,000 came from, from every tribe of the sons of Israel. Robert Thomas says this, very interesting information. Of the 404 verses in the Apocalypse, or the book of Revelation, 278 allude to Old Testament scripture. No other New Testament writer uses the Old Testament more than this. Yet the book is marked by an entire absence of formal quotations from the Old Testament. Isn't that interesting? You go through the book of Revelation and there's not a single Old Testament quote. But there are, of its 404 verses, 278 of them referencing, alluding in some way to the Old Testament. Now, let's think about this. If John is using in this vision, as God is giving John this vision, the Old Testament so frequently, how were the tribes spoken of in the Old Testament? Well, the 12 tribes are always literal, aren't they? Uh, in fact, the beginning of the tribes, you'll see in Genesis 29 and 30. 
if the tribes are literal in the Old Testament and the book of Revelation depends so heavily on the Old Testament, then the tribes must be literal here. And if the tribes are literal, maybe the number is literal as well. You see that? Now, <clears throat> I know what some of you are thinking. Andy, what's, what's the matter with you? Don't you understand that in the year 722 BC, the tribes were lost? Don't you understand that 700 years before the time of Christ, the Assyrians came against the northern kingdom, the 10 northern tribes scattered them into worldwide dispersion, and consequently those tribes have been lost, never to be restored, never to be regained. When you begin to talk about a literal 144,000 stemming from the 12 tribes of Israel, this is the counter argument that you run into. We all know this can't be literal because the tribes are lost. I mean, they were lost seven centuries before the time of Jesus Christ. Let me answer it this way. Lost to who? Maybe lost to man, but God knows exactly where they are, doesn't he? In fact, Acts 26, verse 7. This is 700 years after they were supposedly lost. The apostle Paul says, our 12 tribe. I guess Paul didn't think they were lost. Acts 26, verse 7. By the way, have you read the book of James lately? How does the book begin? James a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes. The whole book, 700 years after they were supposedly lost, is addressed to the 12 tribes. I don't think they are lost as far as God is concerned. But this named Anna in Luke 2 and verse 36 did you notice that Anna is of the tribe of Asher? I mean, her tribal identity is documented. Her tribal identity is known after supposedly these tribes being lost for 700 years. I don't really care what the History Channel says. I don't care what all the skeptics say. The fact of the matter is the tribes are not lost. God knows exactly where they are, and it's just a matter of time before he reveals where they are so that these 144,000 can be, number one, saved, regenerated, sealed, and number two, used by God. As he proves that the Jews living in the land of Israel today are indeed Israelites and tribal identities can be known. You say, well, Andy, why, why is this subject so important to you? I mean, every time I come to this church, you're talking about the Jews, <clears throat> you're talking about Israel. I mean, can't you talk about something more practical? Can't you talk about something more relevant? The reality of the situation is talking about the Jews and Israel is one of the most relevant subjects you could ever get into because it's a revelation of God's character, which is 100% faithful. The fact of the matter is God has made specific promises to the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he will fulfill every single promise. You say, well, they don't deserve it. The nation rejected Christ. Look at the unbelief of the nation of Israel all the way through Old Testament times. Look at the unbelief of the nation of Israel today. Are you telling me that this nation is going to be converted? Are you telling me that there's 144,000 first fruits in their midst that are going to be one to Christ and are going to evangelize the whole world? How could you think that? Don't you know that the nation of Israel doesn't deserve that privilege? And you're right. <clears throat> they don't deserve it. But you know who else doesn't deserve it? 
you don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. You don't even deserve to be sitting here. I don't even deserve to be standing here. And isn't it interesting that we will bask in the grace of God and we will deny it to somebody else? The reason that God is going to use the nation of Israel is to magnify his character of faithfulness. What does 2 Timothy 2 and verse 13 say? If we are faithless, he remains what? Faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. As always, I trust that you enjoyed it. And if you did, I ask that you subscribe right here to this YouTube channel. Or if you're listening to us on a podcast platform like Apple, Google, Spotify, we've added two new ones, Pandora and Amazon. Please go ahead and subscribe there as well. I think on platforms, uh, I think like Pandora, it's called Collect. So whatever option it's giving you to make sure that you follow our podcast, just select that option. And it's twofold. Honestly, it kind of garners how many listeners we're getting and who's subscribing to that channel. And it's also going to help you be notified when we upload a new episode. So Life Clips is kind of moving. It's morphing into something a little bit more than what we started just because of the nature of the world in which we're living right now. So with that being said, I don't know if I'm going to continue to upload every Friday. I may increase that to two or maybe even three times a week. So with that being said, if you want to be notified, you need to subscribe. You need to subscribe and it's free on everything. Anything that you subscribe on is free, both YouTube and also the podcast. Please, if you want to be on this podcast, I welcome anybody, and I mean anybody on this podcast. You can email us at lifeclipspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is lifeclipspodcast at gmail.com. You can also, if it's easier, Facebook message us. So we are on Facebook and Instagram at lifeclipspodcast, all one word, lifeclipspodcast. Also, in case you want to find us, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to find us on YouTube, we are Life Clips Podcast. Yes, but Life Clips is one word. So please make sure that you note that. Life Clips is one word. Um, so what else? I think that's it, right? So anyway, with all that being said, I'm going to save the best for last. And as always, when I end my podcast, it's the most important news that you'll ever hear. It's the most encouragement a Christian will ever hear, and one day we will get to see. So look up, for our redemption is drawing near.